Hello, and welcome to the Ringgold Band podcast series, Sustaining an American Musical Tradition. My name is Cindy Miller-Unks, the president of the band, and I'd like to introduce you to part two of our podcast, where we recorded Monroe Allhouse's March, The Penn Wheelman. Monroe Allhouse was a Berks County composer who was known as Berks County's March King. He was a friend of John Philip Sousa, and he was also a conductor of the Ringgold Band. In the first podcast in this series, you heard a little bit of an introduction about why we were doing this, uh, why we were making the recording, and you heard Jim, our conductor, talk about what he does to prepare for a recording session, and you heard some clips from our rehearsal leading up to the final take of our recording. In this podcast, you're going to hear Dave Klein talk a little bit more about the reason for recording this march, and you'll also hear another clip from the final recording session. So, enjoy! So we just finished recording the Pen Wheelman for Dave Klein, and you heard his explanation about why we were doing it. What gave you the inspiration to come to us and get this recorded? Oh, well, I love history, and of course, I love the Ringgold Band. My grandfather, Samuel, played French horn in the Ringgold Band in the Reading Symphony Orchestra and conducted those orchestras once in a while, performed with the Ringgold Band at the first inaugural of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh, my goodness, I've seen pictures of that. He's probably in those pictures. So uh, the history of cycling is profound in Reading and Berks County. And as we search for a way to sort of regenerate our community, re-energize is the word I look for, uh, and uh, reinvigorate, cycling comes to mind because it's had this rich history. So uh, in the days of like the 1800s, 1860 through that, say, turn of the century, 1900. Cycling was huge in Reading and Berks County, and most people don't realize this because it's been lost to time. Yes, I had no idea. There was a, a group that was organized in Reading, Pennsylvania called the Penn Wheelmen. Now, the Penn Wheelmen were one of the first and largest groups in the United States of America, and way before, as I said to the orchestra, the Tour de France was organized, which is now this world-famous bicycle race that, that by the way, was started by a newspaper company. Oh, my goodness! <laughs> yeah. How it was a promotion to, to, to raise subscription sales as they started yes. this crazy, wacky bike race as a stunt. Well, long before that happened, people were coming to Reading to race their bicycles and to enjoy their bicycles. So this was a favorite pastime, and it was so popular that the Penn Wheelmen were able to raise enough money with their efforts, putting on races and so forth, to build a beautiful world-class velodrome, or simply put, a bicycle racetrack, in what's now Reading City Park, if you go up there to the Rose Garden, oh, yes, and kind of look around from the Rose Garden toward the band shell, and imagine that whole area of real estate was taken up by a one-half-mile bicycle racetrack, and on that bicycle racetrack was a huge grandstand. Now, for those that want to visualize this, if you look at the Reading, old pictures of the Reading Fairgrounds with the grandstand there where yes. they used to race the stock cars, yes. it looks almost identical to that. It was that big. Oh Same my. size track. Oh my. So the Penn Wheelmen were a club. They were, they were a club. They were a club. Okay. Back then, as 
clubs were. It was uh, I, I, I found the, the rules and the regulations and the bylaws. <laughs> the more I researched the Berks History Center and their library, and Simon Bertlett was a huge help to me. And uh, also George Miser the Ninth was a huge help to me. Charlie Adams was a huge help to me, as were many other people. As I went backwards in time and started digging and digging and finding documents and paperwork and what seems like mundane things that somebody saved, like a letter from one person to the other. So the club was a little bit exclusive back in the day. It was uh, a male-only club. No, no ladies allowed. Of course. And, and, and not, they were, weren't particularly fond of any kind of ethnicities either back then. you got to remember, this is, the, this is the last throws of the 1800s. 1800s, right. It's, it's coming out of the Civil War era. It's in that era, you know. Yes. Uh, so things have changed a lot. And as the Penn Wheelman, who had put on these amazing races, amazing races, as they got older... As I said earlier, they, they kind of like couldn't race bicycles anymore. So their passion kind of went away. You know? <laughs> right, Unlike right. some of us who still are old and decrepit and still like to get on their bicycles. <laughs> well, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't describe you. But. <laughs> but, 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 but what they did was they said, but we don't want to give up raising money because they were really good at it. They were mm-hmm. really good at it. So they decided they basically, long story short, they went into partnership with like a fraternal organization like this Masonic Lodge, a, a shrine, if you will, that kind of a thing. And they started putting on shows to benefit children that couldn't afford health care. And what they oh. did was they evolved from a bicycle racing club to a, a group of people who put on plays and follies and reviews. And every year they'd have a huge annual show. And during the throes of the Civil War and right after, uh, the minstrel show was very, very popular. Yes, it was. Where these guys would put on blackface, you know, and then that went out of style really quickly. And uh, that was definitely an era of Americana, though. It drew a lot of people in. And there's a whole lot of reasons for that I won't go into. But but what they did when that became sort of uncool to do anymore, Mm -hmm. they evolved into – I have pictures of these guys, 60, 70 guys, dressed as what they called the Penn Wheelman Follies. The burlesque queens. Oh, my so word. They, they dressed in drag. Oh. <laughs> and that's still popular. <laughs> yeah. Everyone it is. Style. <laughs> that's true. But, but, no. And they put on shows, and you can find records of this in the archives if you dig backwards. And um, they uh, kept going and going, were raising a lot of money and so forth. And then, you know, one by one, they kind of died out. And by the time they died out, the second heyday of putting on shows was probably the, 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 the climax of that was around the 1940s. And then the records I can find sort of trickle away into the 50s, hardly anything in the 60s, and almost nothing in the 70s. So one can conclude by the 60s and 70s, they were long gone. Right. So, and then it sat dormant all these years. All these years it sat unknown, unappreciated. And the reason I found it is because I was looking for some of our research because what I try to do is I try to show business leaders around here and community leaders and politicians and anybody that will listen to me that Reading does have a very big heritage. We should, you know, spend some time at least promoting what we were good at in the past. And in, yes. the, in the past, we were good at attracting people to our beautiful city, our gorgeous county, from the river to the mountains, all this beautiful land and this historic architecture and fabulous structures now in a modern time, like the, the pagoda and the fire tower, the William Penn Memorial Fire Tower, and Antietam Lake, going up to the beautiful Ole Valley, and through Dryville, the Kutztown and back, and Mount Penn, of course, and then, of course, Reading. So the idea of that is that when we put on this Reading 120 bicycle race, now in its second year, 
Okay. This is not the first bicycle race we've hosted. Years ago, we put on a WEU cycle series. At one point, it was the largest series of citizens' bicycle races in the United States. I, I remember that, it yes. Was. It, and then uh, before that, or after that, excuse me, there were the junior nationals held up on Mount Penn. These were basically the, the nationals for kids that aspired to be Olympians for the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we helped to host the Commerce Bank Triple Crown of Cycling. That was with a friend of mine, Dave Chawner, who put on the big core states pro bike race down in Philadelphia. You may remember Eric Hyden racing yes. after he got done with Olympic speed skating. Yes. So we had this pedigree, right. only it kind of went extinct. So as I was researching things that we could promote to community leaders to let them know that this is worthwhile, this is not just frivolous, uh, I came across a couple of sentences about the Penn Wheelman. I started asking questions. Oh, yeah, they do shows. They used to do shows. I said, okay, but why is there a bicycle in there? What? And then what's this march here? I found this march by Monroe Old House, and it has a picture of bicycles, and it's called the Penn Wheelman March, but it's, it's got a lot of bicycles in the art. So the more questions I asked, the more answers I started getting. And I hit a gold mine. I really did. You it, did. It, I had no idea. I thought it was a manufacturer. I, because... Most people don't. Oh, and by the way, at that same time, during the late 1800s, Reading was sort of the king of the mountain in terms of bicycle manufacturing. We had at least probably six, seven, eight really good bicycle manufacturers, mm-hmm. and they were shipping bicycles all over the United States. It wasn't until a company by the name of Sears Roebuck came along and mass-produced bicycles. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, that they kind of outsold the local companies, and then the local companies switched from making bicycles to motorcycles. That's another part of history. But we had steel here because we had a lot of steel plants. That's right. So steel was readily available to mm-hmm. make these bicycles. They were heavier then than yes. they are now. But all, all of that, you know, pulled together and... Doing this research and find out, oh my gosh, here's here's this Monroe Old House. You know, we know him, right? The, the yes, we do. Music. Yes, we do. And he wrote this march, and it turns out he was really, really uh, taken with the whole pen wheeling concept. But when they were bicycle racing, yes, okay, not, the, not the show shows. stuff came later, right? Because with that bicycle race, I found uh, newspaper reports in the Reading Eagle from the late 1800s that basically said, uh, "What a fine day out we had in what certainly must be the finest park in America." Reading City Park hosts this half-mile bicycle racetrack where there is a beautiful retreat for people from the city and all around to come in and sit amongst the trees, the shade trees, watch the bicyclists compete, enjoy the food in the grandstand, and at certain times of day listen to the live music that's performed by orchestras and so forth. So, so you see, they had this whole thing yes, together, right? They really yes. Together. Uh-huh. And then we got away from it. So when I found this, what I did is I reformed the club. Mm-hmm. So the club has now been officially reformed out oh, of 2016. Really? It's okay. got a Facebook site, Penn Wheelman. Okay. And uh, we have our first female member. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we got that old rule. <laughs> and basically it's come one, come all. Anybody that wants to. Right now it's a loose. You don't, there's no dues. There's no nothing. It's just like, hey, we exist. In 2016, we came back to life. And right. so you'll start to see that logo pop up and things that support bicycling and music and shows because the concept for me personally, now you got, you know, you know me. So yes. the concept of bicycle and performing music shows and putting on music shows. I mean, this is like, okay, this is must be part of my role here in life yes. right now at this stage. Uh-huh. That's the that's the not-so-short version of it. Well, I am so glad. I've learned so much. So when is this bicycle race? So, so yeah, so to getting back to why I thought it was important to record it tonight is because I couldn't find any recordings of this song. I mean, I had the sheet music. I could look at it, you know, right. and, you know, but I, I, you know, but I couldn't. Imagine what it sounded like with an orchestra playing it. So I contacted Jim Seidel. You know, of course, yes. he's like the yes guy. Yeah, okay. Because he loves Monroe Old House, Old House too. Well, I'm looking at our CD. We have an All House tour of Berks County, but we did not record the Pan Wheelman. Yeah. Well, so now it was its time. 
So I, I, I contacted Jim and I asked Jim, uh, please, would you consider letting us come in and videotape and audio tape a performance, a practice, a rehearsal session of the Penn Wheelman March? Would you consider digging that out of mothball somewhere? Could you even find a copy? And Jim said, Dave, we just played that. Honestly, we, <laughs> yes. we're actually rehearsed on it. This is amazing. Yeah, come on out next Monday night. <laughs> enjoyed listening to this process as much as the band has enjoyed participating in it. And listening to Dave Klein talk about how he came up with the idea for this project, I'm sure that his enthusiasm will come through the podcast. His passion for music and for Berks County and Reading is is just contagious. And we are thrilled that he chose us to help him for this project. In the final podcast in this series, which will be coming out next week, we will conclude our talk with Dave Klein, and you'll hear another snippet of our recording. So until then, please check out our website at www.ringoldband.com and have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>